Welcome to Sport Faith Life. I'm Chad Carlson. And I'm Brian Bolt. We're two guys from rival schools who came together with one common purpose, to think deeply about sport and faith. We're sports scholars, we're coaches, and we're competitive athletes, or at least we were. And together, we've created Sport Faith Life, a conversation that meets at the intersection of sport and faith. Rashid Flowers played two sports at the NCAA Division I level, so it's no surprise that he found his identity in sport and sport performance. But early on, due to his Christian faith and connection with sport ministry organizations like AIA and FCA, Rashid knew identity in sport was a losing proposition. Now a doctoral student at the University of Kentucky, Rashid is building on this experience in his research, studying the effects of sport ministry involvement for African-American college football players at the highest level in the Southeastern Conference. We have a lot to talk about, so let's get started. Well, we're so excited to have Rashid Flowers with us today. Rashid, tell us a little bit about sport in your life. Yeah, so I grew up as an athlete. I started participating in sport when I was in seventh grade, and the first thing I did was football. And I just developed a passion for football, did it in eighth grade, and I'm kind of sad that I never really got to participate in sport when I was younger than that. I kind of just knew about sport, watched sport with my dad, but never really did anything. And one of my regrets, I guess, is not trying baseball, at least. Uh, It's a great sport. But in high school, I was able to participate in football, wrestling, and track and field. And I did those all four years. And I really developed a passion for all those sports, and I could never figure out really which one was my favorite. Uh, If I was doing well, I guess I would say it was my favorite. Uh, Or if I wasn't feeling it that year, then the favorites would switch. But my first year of college, I ended up deciding to do wrestling, and I was privileged with the opportunity to walk on to the Ohio State wrestling team. And it's simply a gift from God (laughs) by His grace that I was on the team because by qualifications and standards, I definitely did not meet the criteria, but uh, I was able to do that. It was very hard experience. I had very tough time competing against four time state champions, people who can count on their fingers how many times they lost. Um, But it was an incredible opportunity of growth and just a privilege to be able to say I had the opportunity to compete uh, in athletics at the division one level. And if you think about the statistics, uh, only probably less than 5% of people get to participate in Division One athletics. And specifically for wrestling, it's about 2%. So um, following that, I ended up trying to try out for the football team. So I had this bright idea that maybe I should try a different sport. Maybe wrestling is not really for me. Um, so I tried to walk on the football team twice and Each time I came up a little short, uh, things related to speed, things related to um, quickness um, and being able to uh, move um, as a DB, they were looking for something else. Um, But that was really the point where it hit me that I'd been putting my identity in sport um, rather than having my identity rooted in Christ. And after that, uh, my whole perspective on participating in sport changed. So I ended up being able to do club football 
and club track and field at Ohio State the rest of my time there. And it was just really cool because my perspective had changed. I wanted to use the sport as a platform to bring honor and glory to God versus worry about the individual accolades. And my senior year, I was able to win the national championship in the 110 meter hurdles for club track and field. And it was a great achievement and feat. Uh, but as part of my story and the testimony that I tell people, uh, that while that was a great feat, it has no eternal value. And matter of fact, the next record, the next week someone broke, or not <laughs> next week, the next year someone broke the record that I had set. Hmm. Um, so it just shows how fleeting it is. But how we serve God, how we compete, and how we worship Him through that, that has the eternal value and significance. I remember uh, while I was at the hotel that weekend, I was able to share Christ and share Bible verses with a lady I'd met in the lobby uh, eating breakfast at the hotel. And I remember one of my teammates sharing, like, why are you reading the Bible? Like, you're just doing that for fun. I didn't know people did that. And those are the things that, that really stick out to me that weekend. Um, so anytime I get to share that with athletes, um, I really try to press into that. And aside from just competing, I got involved in Athletes in Action, a sport ministry organization that many people are familiar with. I went on a mission trip with them was able to serve in that capacity. And another familiar organization is Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So in my time at University of Kentucky, while I was doing my master's, I got plugged into that, served in camps there, and served as a character coach. So going to high schools and being able to share Christ with them weekly and how they can integrate it within their sport. Sounds like um, this question is is so related to the next question that, that we're asking. I mean, there, and there's so many things that I wanted to say or I wanted to ask about that. I love it. This is going to be a great conversation, Rashid. Um, but you alluded to a little bit of, of faith in your life, but but give us a little bit more about the faith element in your life, maybe how that came about. You talked about FCA, AIA. That's great. How did all that come about in your life? Yes. So my family, we grew up in the Christian home and they raised me to know and believe in God. And one day when I was 11, I made that decision for myself to accept Christ as my savior. So throughout high school, I kind of followed Christ, kind of uh, was learning how to do that. And I guess I wish that I was connected to a sport ministry organization like FCA while I was in high school. We didn't have that in my high school. And I think that would have changed my perspective a lot. So that's why I'm really intentional about being able to share that now with these athletes, because that's something I didn't have. So uh, when I was competing in wrestling at Ohio State, we did have athletes in action. So we did have weekly devotionals with the team. And we also had weekly meetings with all the other athletes. So that was very influential in helping me grow in my faith and just kind of identify some of those things related to how do you integrate sport within your faith. And as I've continued to grow and realize that my identity is not in who I am as an athlete or my accomplishments, I've really worked to try to share that with other athletes. Well, Rashid, we uh, we really appreciate you sharing your story with us. It's been great to just hear little parts of it already. And, you know, had you walked on at the Ohio State University football team, I mean, we'd be we'd be talking probably about a feature film like Rudy, right? We'd be we'd have <laughs> Rashid at uh, Ohio State. Uh, missed opportunity there. So we know you love sports. We know that you love God. 
what's something about you that would help our listeners understand just, you know, what, uh, what you're like, maybe what you like to do, something that's maybe just a little bit different than, than the things we've already asked about? Yeah. So that's a tough question because, I mean, my, my life essentially is kind of faith and sport. And I'm sure we'll get into this later talking about career trajectory. But um, outside of, of sport, I do enjoy traveling. So I do enjoy being able to go different places and see different things. So while I've been in South Carolina, currently even live in South Carolina, I've been able to visit a couple towns. Uh, so I went to Anderson, visited the university over there. I've definitely went to the beach. So I've enjoyed Charleston and seeing kind of the monuments and historic uh, places there. I've also went to Columbia. So I got to see uh, University of South Carolina. And that's another thing I enjoy a lot. I enjoy being able to visit other universities, institutions, and kind of see the design of the buildings, how their athletic programs work and operate. And just to see like <laughs> um, that there's a lot of great things going around in the country. Well, count this as your invitation then to come up to Michigan sometime, Rashid, and see Calvin University. And if you have time, maybe, I don't know, Hope College. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Switch on the yeah. order, right? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I wonder if we could, I could kind of connect to some of your interest areas because I hear in there athletes in action and fellowship of Christian athletes and just a desire to serve. And so I wonder if you could take that and sort of move forward to this point in your life and tell us a little bit of how that desire to serve has gotten you connected to sport and faith in different ways. Yes. So it, it's definitely in line with my research. I'm, I'm not sure if you're going to ask a specific question, like what is your research? But so as I've continued to get involved within those organizations and I've progressed in my schooling, I, I just thought, like, how do I blend these two passions? How do I fuse these two passions together? So one of my first research projects was looking specifically, like, how does FCA influence student-athletes? How does it help them grow in their faith? How does it help them view their identity differently? And um, so I, I continue to build on that research, and it's kind of what the research I'm doing now. But I really just have a passion for those things. And really understanding theoretically kind of how those things work. Because we often say like, oh, we see that athletes in action and FCA is having an impact. And we see the testimonies. But I kind of wanted to fuse that into research. Like what are the, what does the actual research findings say and, and point to that, that we can share with people, um, not just necessarily the testimonies, but we also have uh, empirical data that we can show them that, hey, these programs work and they're meaningful. So talk us through a little bit of um, what you have specifically going on then related to all this is dissertation research. This is work that you're doing. This is building on work that you've done in the past. You know, give us a give us an overview of of the particular questions you're, you're hoping to find and maybe some some hypotheses you have. And what, what are you expecting to find as you as you interview athletes? Yes. So while I was beginning my doctoral research, I did a project of just understanding student-athletes' perceptions of FCA, as I stated before. So really understanding how it influences their identity. So in that work, it was kind of more qualitative focus. I wanted to get rich data through interviews 
of these athletes. And some of the themes I found were the importance of relationships, the relationships they're able to form in FCA and the impact it has on them. The identity formation piece, how they're able to see and get glimpses of the fact that their identity isn't something greater than just being an athlete and their accomplishments. And also to the foundation, kind of the building of a strong foundation rooted in faith. If they don't have that previously, or if they did have the foundation of faith, how it's built even stronger. So continuing off of that, I wanted to see specifically um, in a diverse area, how this affects African-American football players in the Southeastern Conference, the SEC. So I'm trying to understand these student athletes' perceptions as well, how it influences their identity, and also understanding if race has any impact on how their perceptions are, and also looking at, does FCA serve as a form of religious coping? In the African-American community, religion is something that's very important in most aspects, and it's used as a coping mechanism. So understanding, like, does FCA help these athletes cope with the different trials and circumstances they'll have in life? So, for example, dealing with discrimination, dealing with trauma in life, injuries, uh, and accidents or death that may occur with people that are in their lives. So that is what I'm planning to do so far. And this time I'm kind of looking at it from a quantitative standpoint. So I'm doing surveys and trying to gather information for that to kind of generalize their experiences, but also embedded within that survey, I'll have some open-ended responses so I can grab some rich data from that to understand these student athletes' perceptions. So I'm grateful to undertake this project. It is a big project to try and get all these responses from some of these elite football programs. If you think about football, I'm sure many of you guys have watched some of the bowl games and we see it's dominated by SEC. Um, and some would argue and I would argue that SEC is one of the best football conferences there is. So I think it, this data will will be groundbreaking. It'll, it'll show us a lot of great things. And also, I think it'll be helpful for FCA to see, as I said earlier, how, do, how can we use empirical data? How can we gather empirical data to prove, to show people that this program does potentially have impacts on spiritual development of collegiate athletes? You know, Rashid, the uh, the study that you're undertaking now is just going to pop immediately for most folks because we do have that background, right? We have that history of watching bowl games, watching SEC football. It's so visible. It's known to everyone. And uh, we also see the really predominance of many of the great players being African-American. Yes. And so you have this sort of rich uh really unique experience for them, but a known experience for a lot of other people. People think they know the experience, right? And you're going to uncover some of the parts that they potentially don't know. I wonder just from a um, methodological standpoint, how did you get this access? How did, how did you get to the place that you can uh, connect with these schools or are are you in the process of that? Yes. So I'm in the process of that, but Uh, It just highlights the importance of previous involvement. My previous involvement at FCA has allowed me to establish some of these connections. So working at the University of Kentucky, I've established a good director with the football chaplain and director there. So through that, that can facilitate some connections. And also when I speak to 
these FCA staff and chaplain members at these institutions, I can show them that, hey, I have this background in FCA um, and I understand. I, I have this kind of understanding um, of kind of what's happening at these places. So that definitely helps. I mean, we're talking about gaining access to a group of athletes who are, um, it, it's, it's got to be a weird mixture of, of things that I think perpetuate this performance-based identity that you're talking about, maybe wanting to get away from. And that a, a lot of uh, the work in sports chaplaincy and sports ministry organizations is trying to pull athletes away from. But we have these highly sought after athletes where everybody wants a piece of their time. Everybody yeah. wants a piece of them in some way or another. What you're trying to do is, is get a piece of their time, but it's to, it's to benefit them, right, in, in the long run. And so I can imagine that's where the access point comes through. But it's an interesting subset uh, of athletes, I mean, really. And, and it, it connects with so many different social, cultural issues in the United States. The fact that we have um, a, a sport, uh, football, and at, at its top levels is, is pre- predominated by African-American players, uh, white coaches, and uh, predominantly white coaches, predominantly white institutions, really, that are that are taking on these student athletes. So that must play into the perception. What what made you decide to want to study that subset of student athletes? Yes, that's a great question. So actually, it wasn't even my idea or intent, but through conversations with my committee, I'm sure you guys can attest to this, kind of how they help shape your your research and kind of help you um, streamline it into more specific areas. My original intent was to kind of look at all athletes, but um, thinking about kind of research and future projects, like my dissertation is not the be all end all. It's only the beginning of research. <laughs> so <laughs> I was trying to answer a, a lifetime of research questions within my dissertation, but I was encouraged by my committee to look specifically, look specifically at a single sport, look specifically at a, a single demographic or subgroup of athletes. And that's kind of where it honed in into let's look at African-American football players. Oh, even more specifically, let's focus on the Southeastern Conference. And I think um, thinking about the Southern states too, it's interesting because a lot of these, the Southern states, there's a huge football culture, but also Christian culture too. So kind of some of the ways coaches govern their programs kind of do have some elements of, of faith-based things too. So I think that'll be interesting point of discussion within the research. Right. And I agree. I think that um, in many ways, the convergence of really timely issues here is, is uh, pretty fascinating, right? And we have an opportunity or you have an opportunity to try to get into these cultures. And like you said, start asking questions that uh, will very likely lead to many, many more questions. And your experience, not only in FCA and AIA, but also your experience as a former Division I athlete uh, gives you a bit of context to start with. So then I'm wondering too, you know, a lot of these um, sorts of questions can lead to surface level answers. Right. So people want to give you sort of the quick uh, response about faith or sport. And I, I wonder, like, how are you going to get to maybe a deeper level of analysis, a deeper level of connection as you start thinking about interacting with these players, these student athletes 
in maybe a, a limited sort of way. So tell us a little bit more about how you have had success talking with athletes and and trying to get from them really honest answers in a short period of time, really uh, to build trust in a short period of time. Yes, definitely. So through establishing rapport, I think that helps a lot. So kind of sharing background with these athletes and kind of my understanding of being a former Division One athlete. Um, and I think um, my involvement with FC already kind of helps. But um, I think primarily for, for this specific study, a lot of it will be kind of pulling the themes and the codes from what kind of the answers that the athletes are already sharing. So it's a little bit more difficult with kind of the quantitative side, but I think having the open-ended responses is going to help a lot more to add, add that, that rich data to these quantitative responses. So I'm really hoping that, uh, that these answers are honest and they're open and they're clear. So for example, kind of like asking about student athletes perceptions, like, I'm asking specific, do you feel accepted within your program by other athletes, by the chaplains? So it's a yes or no question, but I'm asking them open-endedly, can you please explain your answer? So it's like, yes, maybe 70% may say, yes, I feel accepted. Okay, but why? So what I'm trying to do is pull the why. So we may have an answer, but I need the why. Trying to grasp the why of why they might feel that way. So that's the part of the difficulty of a project like this. And I'm sure that your, your committee is, uh, you know, is going to be like looking really closely at the, the research design and how you're putting together the, the survey questions, whatever else. And they'll be, they'll be helping you out as experts with that. But really what we're trying to do here, or what you're trying to do is get generalized data, right, from a large sample size um, that's supposed to be helping an industry that's based on one-on-one relationships, right? And that's kind of the, that's the interesting thing here is that, what we're trying to pull is all this sort of surface level data, but that just isn't known from this group of premier athletes um, and, and, and give it to these organizations that are interested. Yeah. They're, they're producing these large scale, um, you know, meetings and groups and, and organizations, but also I think, I mean, the way that the reason why <clears throat> FCAA works is because of individualized attention that athletes receive and, and, and um, you know, being able to develop relationships and foster relationships there. So that, that to me seems like an interesting thing here, right? So if, if I'm looking at this from the FCA perspective, you know, uh, and, and I come to you and I say, well, what, what's in it, what's in it for us? You know, what's your response to that? What's in this for, for FCA right now? What are they going to learn from your study? Yes. So my hope is that they're able to foster a understanding of how we can cater to the needs of different athletes and diverse groups of athletes. And so it's also, like I said, mentioned before, gathering that empirical data for them so they can say, we have testimonies, we have the interviews to show that we're making an impact on the lives of these student athletes, but also here's the data that shows that. And also to uncovering better purposes and plans at institutions on how they can improve the experience of athletes um, through the feedback that's offered through this data. So what kind of programs would be more helpful? Do we need additional training? And also it can help advocate to get FCA, to get programs at other institutions that might have originally been closed off to it and to show that they're, this is important for institutions, it's important for 
athletic programs and important for football programs. You know, Rashid, I, I can tell already that you're pretty um, excited about this research and this project, and it builds off previous work. And, you know, there are traditional academic routes that a person might go, and then their babies, you know, work with FCA or, or uh, AIA or something like that. So I wonder if we can project a little bit. I'm, I, we haven't talked at all about what you hope to do after your committee finally says, yes, Rashid, um, this counts, right? Uh, everybody's worried about that final dissertation defense. And you've given some good uh, sort of encouragement to other doctoral students in, that want to study faith and sport here. But let's just say that happens and we get to the end and um, you complete this dissertation, your PhD, and what's next for Rashid? Yeah. So my hope is that this it, research can be used practically. So as we discussed before, so it's really about getting this information out and, and allowing it to be able to be helpful to people. So I, I guess that's kind of the first steps that I'll, I'll do after completing this research. But in terms of career trajectory, I'm really hoping to work at an institution and teach sport management. So uh, just being able to integrate faith within the context of sport. Um, so I'm hoping to work at a, a Christian institution where that is accepted and definitely encouraged and allowed. And I think that would be very meaningful and impactful for me personally. But um, also continuing this research of looking at sport ministry organizations and the impact that they could possibly have in the lives of athletes. And this, to me, it's an under-researched subject and something that I don't see much about, like who's going to work on sport ministry organizations. Um, and I do see myself in some capacity continuing to serve in sport ministry organizations. I'm not sure in what capacity, uh, but I, I know it's something I definitely want to continue. So there's so much research that's done that's that's theoretical, right? And there's something there's something important about that, producing good theory, but but what you're what you're trying to do here with your research research seems to be you know it has like a, a deeper level of meaning, right? The practical application. This is actually going to help people. And so often the research is so dense or it's so um, it's so niche focus that, you know, it has a hard time seeing the light of day, but what you're doing here is is going to help. It's going to help athletes, it's going to help institutions, it's going to help support ministry organizations, specifically F FCA. There's something really valuable about that. So I appreciate you saying that. It seems like um, there's a there's a major uh, push for, for more and more research about the student athlete experience, right? And so especially at, at large, at, at Research One or Division One institutions in the United States, there seem to be a, a lot of sport management programs, specifically those in the South, I would say SEC conference schools uh, that, that are, are hiring on faculty in their sport management programs who are specifically looking at features of the student athlete experience. So that seems to be a burgeoning field. Uh, however, I'm not aware of a whole lot uh, related to what you're talking about here. That is the faith, the faith element. There, there's a there's a little bit that's going on here. I'm thinking of like um, uh, University of Tennessee. Uh, that's really looking at sort of the, the sports chaplaincy yeah. field there, yeah. right? Um, but in terms of like an athlete's experience, right? And, and that seems to be such a crucial thing that that the NCAA and its member institutions have just forgotten about or ignored for so much time, right? So where do you see your research or what your expertise will be upon completion of the dissertation 
and how that might fit in with, with what other schools are doing in their sport management programs related to the student-athlete experience. So to me, the spiritual development is a critical piece of the holistic development. So you mentioned looking at different areas of sport and a lot of institutions, even the NCAA as well, is doing research on how do we help improve the development of student athletes. So there's aspects related to mental development, physical development, social development, but what's limited, as you mentioned before, and what's not really studied is the spiritual development piece. So as part of helping these athletes develop holistically, and that's the whole goal. The goal is that these athletes, once they graduate, will become more well-rounded individuals to contribute to society. So, and, and part of that is how do we help them develop spiritually? So um, one of the um, studies I looked at, um, the person had wrote that when these athletes come on campus, they're given coordinators. They're assigned coordinators to help them academically. They're given coordinators to help them career-wise. And obviously they have their coaches and coordinators that help them develop in their sport. But where is the coordinator assigned to them to help them kind of think of spiritual things? So my hope is that doing this research will encourage others to look into this. And it also be something that people will start to consider, like, how do we help with the spiritual development piece of the student athlete experience? And it's really important because, um, I think it's it's something that a lot of athletes think about and would be helpful and prove to be helpful in improving their collegiate experience. Can you imagine how, like, I wonder how many years it will be until uh, a big time football program, Brian, uh, hires a spiritual coordinator. Hmm. How, how cool would that be, right? We have character coordinators, but a spiritual coordinator, how cool would that be? <laughs> uh, that'd be great, you know, to uh, connect with them right away out of the gate and see where it goes from there. Um and and to me, Rashid, I think the, you know, this is what happens with research. You start thinking about next questions even before you're done with the first ones, right? You start thinking about where this goes. But it would be fascinating to me because you're talking about, you're, you're, you're coming from a place of deep care for these student athletes. And there's a pretty intense four-year experience at the university level. And then probably nothing. Right, very little after that, and you're turning these um, really um, it, intentional experiences at the university, uh, and saying go, right, go and and see um, uh, where this takes you. It would be fascinating to me to see some follow-up studies. So to see something five and ten years down the road, to see how spiritual development continues uh, for the student athlete after they've left that level of mentoring and intensity. Uh, so it's just really exciting stuff. Um, I'll give you a chance to respond to that real quick. Yeah. So we talked a little bit more about identity earlier. So we think about identity foreclosure. So it's athletes being able to, to leave the, the sole identity of being an athlete and transition into considering other identities. So that's why I believe the spiritual development piece is so important because with that, you're able to, to have a first and foremost identity and everything else is filtered out of that. So I believe if athletes are able to get, get, gain a greater understanding of that, it makes seeing other identities and other responsibilities in a different light versus if they're stuck in the athletic 
identity mindset. So I think that would be very helpful. And that's why the importance of spiritual development is good. So when athletes transition out of that schedule regimented everyday thing of being an athlete into something else, then that makes that transition so much easier. Well, Chad and I are failures. We, um, we have, we can't get rid of our athletic identity, even though it's a long time ago, right? We're, <laughs> we're stuck. Yeah. Um, Rashid, what this tells me too, is that we need to have you on the podcast again, because we're only halfway home. We have to get uh, this research in the barn and see if we can uh, draw some conclusions and figure out uh, next steps. We really yeah. appreciate you right. taking, yeah, a little bit of time with us and explaining this to us. I think it's really helpful for, like I said, other PhD students to hear about these sorts of things. We don't uh, always talk. We don't. We feel sort of isolated sometimes as doctoral students. And so just to be able to put this out there, especially in the area of faith and sport, it's really been great for us uh, to be able to have this conversation. So thanks so much. Absolutely. And trust me, I still have the athletic identity, but all three of us know, uh, just as, as you guys are doing, the faith comes before the sport. So although we still have that athletic identity, we appreciate sports. We know that our faith is the most important identity to us. And that filters how we see everything. Thanks for listening to the Sport Faith Life podcast. Find previous episodes at sportfaithlife.com and on Apple Podcasts. We're releasing each episode with a blog post authored by our guests, so you can find the blog for this podcast and other posts at the same website, sportfaithlife.com. Sportfaithlife.com